0: You are listening to The BenchCast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. Hey guys, Coach Ben here, BigBenches.com and you are listening to
1: The The Benchcast.
0: BenchCast. We are live on IG, Instagram. And uh, people are filing in. How's everyone doing today? We already got a question. Thanks for joining us on the Bench casts. I prefer to move it in here to the office space because uh, that one episode we filmed outside, all I heard was birds. All <laughs> the time was just birds and the cars going by. So I moved it back in the office space for now. So what do we got? We got a question popping in.
1: Yeah, we got one from It's Keith C. How do you program rows into your bench program?
0: How to program rows into the bench program. All right, so uh, I try to get some type of back training in um, with every movement. So whether that's squat, bench, deadlift. um, and Typically, my athletes are um, squatting, deadlifting once a week and benching twice a week as well as myself. Um, so you got four days there where you're getting back work in. If it's, uh, just like some kind of row variation after the main movement as accessory work, I'll try to get it in though routinely, uh, every day. All right. Because back, you can't really overtrain. You never heard anyone with an overtrained back. Sure, overtrain pecs, overtrain front delts because that ends up pulling you forward into that posture that we don't want, um, and you get all those anterior muscles get dominant, all those um, mirror muscles. So really important that we train the back as well, and we do that frequently, uh, so that we help combat some of that because we do so much pressing. But think, do you ever really match the amount of pressing you're doing with the amount of rowing? Probably not. All right, so. We can definitely afford to train our back more frequently, more often. Got anything
1: rolling in? Yeah, we got one from uh, Call Me AK 47. AK 47. He has a basic one, but he wants to know how to brace his core.
0: Mm-hmm. The bench press?
1: Oh, for everything, for lifting. Okay.
0: <clears throat> Bracing the core. Where can we begin? First off, you gotta get your breathing right. That's a real big component. Breathing and bracing, I've learned are two separate different entities. You can brace in the absence of of breathing properly, but you definitely want to pair the two together to get as much abdominal pressure as possible and to stay as rigid as possible. That's where that strength comes in. Um, In terms of breathing properly, um, knowing how to breathe down deep into the diaphragm, not just breathing into your chest as we do most of the day. Uh, you know, if you're trying to suck in a belly or something, you kind of understand that taking those shallow breaths into the chest. Um, you want to know how to breathe into your belly. And the best way I'd say to to do this is uh, to simply get down on the floor doing like a 90 90 position. You're laying on your back, feet elevated up on a bench or something, and then uh, hold the, the rib cage down. So when you exhale, you're going to feel, if you forcefully exhale, you'll feel your rib cage collapse down. Hold it there. You know, put some pressure there, put a dumbbell on you if you have to, and then just focus on breathing into your belt and feeling that belly rise, and, and that's a great way. You practice that every time you train. You should be doing some kind of breathing, exercise. Get good at that. And in terms of, of bracing, first, knowing how to keep a neutral core uh, or, yeah, neutral um, spine. We have some videos on that. If you search the channel, you'll find that, but check it out on YouTube, um, Knowing how to keep a neutral spine in the lifts is very important except for bench as we're arching and um, in terms of bracing, pretty much like think if you were going to go and and take a punch, right? What would you do? You'd kind of brace out against it. It's like you're trying to push your abdomen out into a belt. That's where we get the benefit of the belt. The belt's not really doing anything, it's just you have now the ability to kind of target that push and you have something to push against which keeps you more rigid. So that's where you get the benefit of the belt and everything. So I'll work on breathing, bracing, know the difference between the two, know how to keep a neutral spine. Now it'll change the game for you because you need, no matter what lift it is, you got to have some rigidity through there, uh, keep yourself strong.
1: We got one from Red Creek Smash. My rear delts try to take over in the rows and back work. Is it just a mental fix or is it her positioning that needs work?
0: Rear delts take over. Okay, so I would, I, if you could expand on that a little bit more, um, that I would like that. So you're having a hard time kind of getting into your lats or feeling your lats well, like down the back. Um, you might want to think about changing some of the movements you're doing. And um, otherwise, it's probably just like a positioning issue for the most part. Um, or finding an exercise that you can go light enough that the rear delts don't take over and you're actually hitting the musculature that you want to hit so a combo find the right movement that's going to target your lats more where you would like and then not adding so much weight because you can handle a lot of weight that's not the problem you can handle a lot of weight but there's going to be a threshold where your dominant muscles are going to take over to accomplish that so dumbing down the weight enough that you can target what you'd like to target is going to be real important
1: i would like to also add that most people have a lot of trouble, with, especially when they're first getting out, to even feel their lats work. Uh-huh, yeah. You, you don't see them, you know, you, you don't really understand too much. Um, <clears throat> I, muscles you can't see. Yep. Yeah, I, I, if you change your hand positioning, if your hand positioning's uh, pretty much like this, if you change it, turn it over a little bit, yeah, and try that. to, like, row into, like, almost your stomach sternum, sometimes that helps people feel their lats work. And you got some good good cues there from Elvis. Um
0: and yeah, you don't have to go super heavy most of the time. It's just more that mind muscle connection when you're trying to feel a specific thing. So you could get some really quality work in and not use a ton of weight. It's not always about the weight. We got something
1: rolling in. Oh yes, we do. It's not an active crowd today. It is nice to see. Cole forty nine zero is running a five three one program, but how do I keep from going hundred percent on the last rep? So tempting.
0: Hundred percent on the last. So I'm I'm haven't ran that program in a while. Is that an AMRAP on the last or something?
1: I, yeah, it should be. A, it's like a five three one and then a deload weekend. Okay. Then you run and again. And he's going, going too one. hard on that single. I'm, I'm guessing he's going too hard on that single. But I, I from what I understand with five three one, everything's programmed in from the start of the month.
0: Yeah, I would figure there'd be an assigned percentage, and it's less of you going out on your own. <laughs> Uh, I wish I was a little more familiar with that. It's been so long since I did any five-three-one program, programming, albeit I have. In the past, I just can't remember. My memory's not that great, bud. Um, but keeping yourself from going too hard uh, sounds like you're having a little bit of an auto-regulation type of issue. And it sounds like you're probably, I'm guessing, failing some reps. So it's just staying within your boundaries. Just push little progress. I think a lot of times we try to push too much progress. And in a program like five 3 um, you're hitting that one rep what, every four weeks or something. And that's a lot to be like asking yourself to test every four weeks. So I would look to maybe you make that one at 93% the first month. Then you make that that one at 97% the next month, sub-max type of singles, still heavy. And then that third month, maybe you truly go for a max, but I'm not really sure how that program's set up.
1: And I don't know if you've read the book 531 or Beyond 531, but the way I've read it, it he always um, advocates for starting a little lighter than you think. So when you first start in, when you first program, you're actually starting lighter, and you're trying to make consistent gains every month. So maybe it was a factor of you just taking too big of a weight to calculate it off to begin
0: with. Oh, like the training max. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he probably has a, a so usually a training max, maybe you take like your, the max you hit in the gym, whatever that was, maybe it was a rough go and you you maybe subtract like 20 pounds from that and then you get something around a training max. Or you purposely take like 93% of that max and start that as like your 100%.
1: Because what's super common is people will take their max that they did when all the stars aligned, when they were, like, well-rested, well-fed, everything was great, and then they try to use that as their trading max when, in reality, their everyday max is about 15 pounds lighter. Okay. Let's see. What else we got? We got one more. Let's see. How many weeks do you think a meat prep should be for an intermediate? And that's from August Triple six. What was that again? How many weeks should a meat prep be for an intermediate lifter?
0: How many weeks should a meat prep be for an intermediate lifter?
1: And we should so, probably define an intermediate lifter as well.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that that's like a, a gray zone there between being a beginner and being advanced. So uh, let me talk on the two extremes, and you can fit yourself in the middle there. Um, so beginner, for a, for a meat prep for a beginner, um, you're probably going to need a little bit more time so like when i get an athlete that hasn't done a meet yet um we're gonna probably work a good deal with more so with the attempts that we're gonna take at the meet we're gonna have a really high focus on commands because if you've never done a meet never been exposed to that environment you've never done the commands in the gym uh it's gonna take some getting used to to kind of ingrain those uh everything that we're looking for for Uh, max effort single there's a lot that happens during that process got to take into account whereas more advanced lifter, they might not need much time to really get themselves ready um they could probably do so very quickly so i give you an example uh starting out with my quick benching career there uh earlier on i would probably go i'd say it's more it was more like eight weeks of um you know, probably even a little bit longer, shirt work. I try to get in as often as I can, um, practice everything. And I felt like I needed that time to truly be where I wanted to be to hit the numbers. Whereas now, I feel like I could um, put together something rather quickly and uh, be prepared for that. But it also depends how you're training as well if you're doing um, very different phases, like you got a real strict hypertrophy block, and then you go into um, trying to build strength and then peaking, um, that's going to be an entirely different ball game, um, as opposed to if you ran something like conjugate training, where you're always training singles, then you can get ready real quick, um, because you're keeping that training effect for the most part. You're always training at max effort, so it's not going to take you very long to to get there. Um, So like... I just got off of a meet and getting back into hypertrophy work was rough. Like, that first day, I could barely do 225 feet up for the bench for 10, which I should crush. Next week, after adjusting to that a little bit, 275 for 10. Next week, 305 for 10, no problem. Um, But there's an adjustment period, so I can't go from peaking for a meet to hitting 305 for 10 on a bench. Two different training things, two different training effects. Um, So that's how that run so it depends on on like what you're doing for programming and then uh, you know it, it depends on if you just need that more time or not in terms of being a beginner or being more advanced to know what the hell's going on
1: and I, we got one of your favorite types of questions from multi lifter my elbows flare a bit sometimes on the press and transfer into <clears throat> my delts from the lats what can i do to prevent this do i dead stop pin press focus on pressing to the feet or do you have any suggestions
0: All right, so the whole we we've talked a lot on flaring out early from the start, and that could be due uh, from a lot of things. It could be due from just having a disconnect from the lats, or having a disconnect specifically on the press up, uh, where I see a lot of lifters have a difficult time. Is on the press up, Um, you can stay tight and load the lats while coming down, but then immediately upon the press, it's like uh, the lifters just want to shift into chest shoulders um all that stuff real quick and it pulls their shoulder blades out you run into some of those issues because you got a little bit disconnected from from lats if you think more um lats triceps to finish the movement then i think that just making that mental switch will probably help a bit um usually disconnect there but sometimes it comes down to i've seen lifters who are just they've gotten real dominant in their pecs and their shoulders and again it's one of those threshold things say they have a max bench of 300 they could maybe make the press up look really good like how it's supposed to around 250 but as soon as they hit like 260 they start getting into that flaring so it's a bit of building up the muscles that we need to Um, So using enough weight that we can have the correct form that we'd like to have. Um, So it's a bit of that as well. Uh, Did he say he's a shirted lifter or not? Yep, multiply. Okay, and you could also be um, just flaring back a little bit too soon. So I'm not sure what you look like in the bottom position. Um, If you have a really good tuck... What I normally see is a lot of lifters in terms of shirted benching. What they'll do, they'll get down to the bottom. They don't really get a good tuck under. So they end up just kind of lifting themselves like this to get that touch. So their head comes up. They don't tuck at all. They just kind of dump. And then getting that throw back, you're already kind of in this elbow out position. So if you even try to flare or, you know, just you're not going to be real connected with the or you're not having the elbows under you're not gonna be good connected with the lats so you're gonna end up getting stuck midway elbows flaring out so a lot of that just comes down to are you in a good position in the bottom with your sure. shirt
1: we got one from tev dot dylan what's the difference between the compression cutoff for the elbow and elbow sleeve which is easier and better for elbow discomfort
0: what is that again
1: What's the difference between a compression cutoff for the elbow and an elbow sleeve, which is easier and better for elbow discomfort?
0: So talking one of those little compression cuffs versus a whole elbow sleeve. Um, So I guess that would speak to whatever is your primary issue there. I know a lot of people wear the cuffs either above or below their elbow, and that seems to be enough to uh, get rid of their discomfort. They just need a little compression. And um, I'd say that probably works better for for that type of issue. Um, The elbow sleeve, I think, more or less is better for just feeling better about, um, you know, elbow discomfort. Kind of like a knee sleeve, more of a mental thing than actually something that's doing anything. Um, But compression in general, uh, whether it's that whole area or just in a specific location, is going to help. So... I'd say, I don't know, I guess the elbow sleeve would cover more areas, so I'll probably do that for you if it's good and tight. But I'm sure you could probably get away with just a cuff as well. Um, so I guess that depends.
1: So I don't know if you remember this, but you actually commented on Legs Routine's, uh video. He had the chain bench press to a one board in the red STP shirt. I'd have to take
0: a look again, my friend.
1: All right, and then uh, last question we got here. From uh, Saban. Rick, how do I get my forearms jacked like yours? Uh, my forearms are not very jacked. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't know. I always, I always think I look small. Uh, I think but, it's just um,
1: holding seven hundred pounds that kind of does it. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really do any
0: direct form training, and I, I, don't think a lot of guys do. Um, again, yeah, holding, holding weight, um, definitely. You just the demands are there. And um, it's just kind of a byproduct of everything else. Like, I've been trying to throw in a lot more um, like hammer curls and variations that hit my forearms as well. So, if I'm going to curl, you know, I'm going to do something like hammers where I can really overload well. um, And I'm hitting the forearms as well. So, that I've been starting to throw into the training. No no direct form stuff, no wrist curls or anything. um, Nothing that I do. They just, they'll kind of grow just by holding enough weight, you know, over time, that overload principle. Everything kind of has to grow that support and the weight, too. So, that for questions right now? Yeah, we
1: had a pretty live.
0: Uh... Yes, yeah, so we got a nice bombardment of questions. Um, so, keep them going, guys. Uh, if you're jumping in to our live IG, love getting the questions, hearing from you. So, let's touch on what subject this podcast is all about um, questions
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it turned
0: into and i gotta tell you i get so many comments over and over on the youtubes like the main question i probably get every day now is just people jumping onto the channel and they're like man the content's awesome can't believe so undersubbed so undersubbed um which i guess is a good thing but um now, guys, if you like this stuff... Just subscribe. You, yeah, subscribe and uh, sharing. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. Because uh, we work hard uh, building up that channel, putting out some good info. And um, you know, I appreciate everyone saying those things. But if you want to help us out big time, do us a solid. If you want to share that out, get it into more eyes. I really appreciate that. Um, but we got one more question we'll tackle real quick. Yep.
1: There's, uh, from August Triple Six. would you recommend getting a Super Katana ICC for, for a shirt for a 300-pound max bencher? Super Katana, what the, oh, low-cut
0: collar? Yeah. Um, I have not benched in a low-cut collar. And what I heard with that is that it's a really poor design. And uh, really changes things a bit in a not-great way. But I don't know, I haven't benched it. I can't give you personal feedback, so I don't really like to comment on things I haven't used. Um, but from what I hear from people that, uh, I trust and rely on big time for information as well, uh, it, it's, it's a poor design. So I would stick to just the normal cut. Um, and yeah, for what first shirt. First yeah, shirt. I'd say, man, just go for it. Um, try different things, but I would stick with like the top, Uh, of their design so titan would be like super katana whether that's multiply or single ply for you Uh, if you're going with inzer going with an sdp um, i would just jump into it i don't think you have to start off with a dumbed down shirt um, something that's a little less supportive in order to grow into it. i would just get what the hell you're gonna get the top of the line there just learn it Um, that's my theory on that
1: and you can correct me if i'm wrong here but i'm pretty sure you got a shirt before you ever hit 315 on the bench press
0: No, that is wrong. (laughs) Um, Actually, when I first started getting serious about shirted work, uh, I was more like near a 375-pound bench. But, um, yeah, um, there's the whole myth that you have to be at a certain number. I hate that. I hate that. When I see someone who has a lot of potential um, for shirted uh, lifting, and they say, oh, well, I need to hit this and that. I need to hit 300 before I can working this thing um you know it's cool to have those goals but you don't have to be at a certain number to find success in the shirt uh you just kind of start doing it and um you know i guess off the bat i was getting maybe 150 out of multi or single ply which is um pretty good um maybe 100 out of single ply but i'm getting like maybe 300 300 plus i feel like out of uh multiply and uh that's pretty incredible amount but it speaks to uh, my advantages in this sport listen um, I have not met anyone at the gym right now with shorter arms than me uh, so my deadlifting pretty much shot out the window I hate that freaking exercise Um, squatting actually really progressed for me but there's some real freaks out there and uh, you know shirt of benching was just that thing that just played to all my strengths because raw benching, you know, again, there's some freaks out there. I can't keep up with them just laying down, Brett Favre and the weight up, gunslinging. Um But, man, with the shirted stuff, it speaks to all the traits that are great for me. cut and range of motion, um, the technique that comes along, I'm very, very technical. I'm not the strongest dude, but I'm very technical. So the shirted stuff just plays into all my strengths. And I hate to see someone that I see kind of like me in. And, um, they just, they just don't do it cause they want to hit like a certain number and they're taking their time progressing through. I just want to see get into it, learn it, get good. So where are we at? We got jump into our, uh, intended subject of the day and we're talking assistance devices. So this is going to be great for someone getting into the shirt for the first time. Great episode to listen to. Um, and I guess we'll start with the classic old slingshots because, that is what's hot out there. Everyone's, uh, everyone knows about slingshots. And they always ask me when they're wearing a slingshot, is this what a shirt feels like? And I'm like, no, sir, it is not what a shirt feels like. Um, and let's start with um, the blue slingshot. That's a reactive slingshot, less supportive of the bunch. Now, the blue slingshot, so across the board, slingshot's not going to feel like a shirt. Anything that would remotely even maybe closely resemble anything of a shirt and it doesn't at all, um, but at least give you more pop is that Mad Dog slingshot and that's the black one. Um, that one has a little more tightness and support to it, but still, you know, it's nothing. Uh, if you're really looking at some of the stuff on the market for specifically for shirt adventures that give you more pop, but the slingshot's great for a raw athlete. If you want to get some more overload, I think the slingshot's awesome. I would just stick with the blue, honestly, if you're raw. Um, if you're benching like over 450 or something, I can see the red one being um, being of good use to you, and that's the original slingshot. But um, you know what I hate seeing is raw lifters who jump into something like the Mad Dog just because it gives you more weight, um, when in reality you're overloading more than you really ever need to, because you're not getting in a shirt. So that's not the name of the game. It's just you're you're just benching raw, and you're now you're adding like a hundred pounds onto whatever the hell you do raw. It's like it's like trying to do anything with super extreme reverse bands. It's just not gonna have a carryover. It's just it gets dumb at a point to where you can if you're squatting 300, now you're taking 600 at the top, 250 in the bottom maybe, and then all of a sudden 600 at the top again and think you did something good. You know, it's the same thing for a raw lifter using a black slingshot. So, um, I say for the most part, the blue slingshot um really um good for for raw lifters across the board just gives you that slight overload uh, if you're not benching at least 135 yet i really i don't even see a need for the thing um you at least get to almost 200 if you're a, a female maybe getting over 100 first to really get a boost because it's going to give you so much um but that blue slingshot the red slingshot i can see for raw lifters the black one I feel like has no business to anyone because I don't think it fits into the raw crowd I don't think it's the greatest thing for the shirt or lifter So that black slingshot kind of falls in no man's land where I don't think it's good for either um If you want to get a little bit more of the slingshot So The trick here is to wear that thing Lower on your arms if you want to get more pop So the higher up you wear it Um you know, the less stretch that that's gonna be given to it. So you're not gonna get as much pop. So perhaps wearing a red slingshot really up high in the armpits might be a good strategy for a raw lifter. Um, but for the most part, and I kinda get carried away sometimes with, with the raw lifters at the gym. I try to jack that thing up on them so much. I get the smallest damn slingshot you could find, and I pull it down the elbows, and I'm like, hey, we're gonna take this shit for a ride. <laughs> I remember I had King Leo, who was on a podcast here. And he just got a quit lifting this past year, uh, doing really well. And I remember I had this little medium red slingshot in my my bag that I had from a long time ago. And this thing already looks like it's starting to frail up and rip. And I had King Leo throw that sucker on. We had to like rip that thing up his arms. And I'm like, holy shit, man! If this thing don't rip, we're gonna get some pop. <laughs> And so he got on the bench. He's coming down with it. And I tell you, he, I don't think he could touch the red slingshot with 300 pounds. Um, <laughs> it was like a super medium. He was all tucked in. And I was—I I tell you, I was i was scared that that thing was going to rip. We sent a grown-ass Ben to Baby Gip. Yeah, because that was, uh, I mean, the threads were all just hanging. It locked up. I think it just locked up. Shit did not stretch anymore and uh, i thought that shit was gonna rip down the middle so i had side spots ready to go we we're ready for it i just kind of wanted to see the thing explode but he got it to work and he got some nice pop um but yeah i get a little carried away with that shit sometimes but um, yeah wearing it low on the elbows good little trick there but in terms of feeling like a shirt it's just not gonna do it it's gonna change the groove a little bit so if you're a raw guy um you, you're gonna want to touch like a little lower and get a little more of a tuck at the bottom and, the, and a harder throwback so that half v kind of bar path we talk about is just going to be dramatized more you know it's going to lower touch throw back harder so that's what you're getting with the slingshot um but if we move on to some other products out there that i think have a, a much bigger application to shirted lifting um so we have let's go into the titan stuff first so titan has um the super ram which i i have and i've used back in the day super rams all funky colors on it i'm not even sure if they still sell it or not um you know i'm kind of interested right now so
1: i'm popping up the uh, titan website here. while you look that up the silverback also wants to add in one more thing what are your thoughts on the bench daddy
0: I will get to that Silverback. I will get <laughs> to that. I definitely know the Bench Daddy. I've had been able to have the pleasure of wearing a Bench Daddy. Um, not the shirt, because, you know, there's a shirt out there. But uh, I've used the assistant device. All right, so, God damn. Looks like Titan's now selling the supercharged Ram. And so... If you, these new products here, I swear to God they're all made out of knee wrap material this all this is is a gold standard knee wrap just sewn together in different ways and they made it the supercharged ram tell you though this thing looks badass. look at that ram picture that's an angry son of a bitch.
1: oh that'd be a sweet tattoo
0: yeah, it would man they uh they outdid themselves with a supercharged ram this thing's a bad bad mama jamba. Anyways, so they had the the Super Ram back in the day. They had the Ram, the Super Ram. Now I guess it's the Supercharged Ram that they're selling. Um, but this stuff feels a little bit more like a shirt would. Well, it gives you more pop. It doesn't quite give you that that shirt feel. Um, but they have the Supercharged Ram and what they have uh, the Magnum Ram. I'll make sure they're still selling that Magnum Ram. Yeah, they got that Magnum Ram, all different colors. So the Supercharged Ram. Looks like the gold standard knee wrap sewn together um, has a little kind of sleeve you put your arms into. The Magnum Ram here—that's literally one of those Onyx black bat um, black bands that you see from like Lead FTS. You know those super thick black ones. Pretty much that like sewn into like a, d- a device. So you get band or you get knee wrap. Depends which the hell you like more. I like my Magnum Ram. Um, I used that quite a bit in training before I saw some of the other stuff out there. Um, but the Magnum Ram's great. Again, slip on the sleeves. So you're going to find, I find most of the time, that the sleeves never going to fit you snug. All right, might fit your upper arm snug, but by the time, like because it's a long sleeve, so by the time it works its way to the elbow, it's kind of loose. But don't let that get to you too much. As long as you have like that seam that's going to get into the back of your arm, Uh, wear that low so that you actually have some arm kind of like going below the elbow just get that that area where it's gonna really get tight behind your arm Um, get that where you need to be wear it low and it'll give you some really quality pop it has a little pull tab on it so you can pull it down the chest but i find it to be super pointless and unless someone's holding it there the whole time for you it's uh it's gonna come back up anyway so it's just kind of initially set it lower if it drifts up. Uh, makes it easy for someone to pull it down for you, like they would a shirt collar. But I'm um, really not so needed. Um, but you got the Magnum Ram, which is great. You got the Supercharged Ram, which I think is cool. I've, I haven't taken a look at that yet. That's all new to me. $125 for that Supercharged Ram. That is a uh, that's a good amount. And uh, I'm guessing that that's like above their uh, Magnum Ram product now. Magnum Ram is only 85 bucks. So I'm guessing the Super Ram is giving you a lot more pop. That's just my bet. I have not worn that. Like I said, I have a Ram, um, and that thing's more like a black slingshot. Um, this Magnum Ram, though, is going to give you pop, but it's not going to quite give you a shirt groove. And that brings me to the Bench Daddy. Let's make our way over to the thebenchdaddy.com. Mike Womax. So this thing has been getting some popularity lately. And um, you do have to keep in mind, this new shirt that he has is not legal everywhere. Bench Daddy. The shirt's called like the, uh, you got the Double Ply Radical Black Stiffest 500 Series. So you got all these different things. That's interesting. They got a couple arm sleeves. So i wonder who came out with that first because Rich Putnam has a really cool product that I'm gonna get into as well. So it looks like you have some adjustments here. With the Bench Daddy, I like that. I like how you can get these adjustments. Um, so you can either put your arm through one layer or put it through two layer. And the Bench Daddy, bar none, can give you probably way more pop than is a Ram, any of the Rams, okay? So I'll give it that. Um, it's really interesting product. The only thing with the, the Bench Daddy is that it... Is more of a higher groove, especially the shirt. If we're talking specifically at a shirt, too, it's a higher groove shirt. So if you tuck like your typical bench shirt in the bottom position, you're going to completely lose the lift. All right, you have to r- remain in a high groove. Um, so the elbows are going to be out more. It's pretty much you're remaining in a flared out position the entire time. And if you don't, if you tuck, you're going to lose um, the tightness of this shirt. Okay. Main problem with this is the shipping times are unreal, um, wow. is what I hear. But Mike, very busy with um, a lot of, so his his big business comes from Texas high school meets and all that. So he supplies all this stuff for the Texas high school meets, which is huge. Down in Texas, that's no joke. Those high school meets, those guys, that's uh, that's like big time. That's like football. That's like our football. That They got powerlifting down there, which I think is pretty badass. But um, that's his big business there. So that shirt, higher groove, will give you much more pop than uh, any of the Titan products, though. So I think lifters like this because of how much it gives you on your bench. Again, a raw lifter, absurd trying to mess with this too much. Um, you just don't need that much overload. Shirted lifter, however... Um, it's nice to have that overload be able to train heavy weights without beating yourself up like a shirt okay the only thing though is that high groove and that's where we get the bench freak band all right and i'm sure there's some others out there but um these are like the main ones that i use i know about um most people talk about know about um and uh you know, these are these are like the, the top leaders. I'm sure there's some other replica stuff out there. I think uh, Metal has a uh, assistance device called the Catapult. And I think that's a little bit closer to like the black slingshot. Because when someone sees the thing selling, you know, they want to jump on it. So, Bench Freak Band by Rich Putnam. Now, guys, I got a lot to say about this. I think this is game-changing. All right, it's simple, but it's very game changing, and uh, he's only selling for seventy five dollars. So in terms of um, the the get the bang for your buck, this is it right here. This bench freak band
1: can't beat that.
0: This is less than a Titan Magnum Ram. Okay, so this is literally it's it's a he came up with the concept from a knee wrap. He tied a knee wrap around him, and um, you know end up making the bench freak band. Now it's industrial sewed. And I'm taking a look here on, on the laptop. You go to benchfreak.com, you can see this thing, okay? All it is, it's a knee wrap sewn up in a specific way that leaves three layers. So you literally have three different um, adjustment points. So you can put your arms in a single layer, which means it's not going to be super aggressive. It's going to give you a little less pop. Um, you can put yourself in two layers, right? Think of that, like double ply. Um, that's going to give you a lot more pop all right that you're probably with two layers you're already going to need someone to push your hands out in a position you're not going to be able to grab the bar yourself three layers holy shit some people are probably not going to be able to bench with this thing with three layers okay and I tell you you talk about an assistive device that actually gives you a shirt feel nothing beats this right here okay gives you a shirt feel meaning I've used all these assistant devices, the Titan Magnum Ram. I've used that in training preparation for the Arnold. Um, a highlighted weakness of mine was that I was not tucking well in the bottom. I was not riding that tricep um, tension there as I get down to the chest. I knew I had to work on the tuck a little bit harder. Um, and it was hard to do in the shirt because you're just taking such a beat and you're trying to handle this weight. You're trying to work on a technical point while going through the rigors of the shirt. Okay. But here comes along the bench freak band. Total game changer because this thing pretty much did that tuck for me. Like I literally, I do not have to to think about it, do a thing, because that thing will just put me in the position I need to be. So as I get closer to the chest, that thing's automatically going to tuck me because it's pulling your elbows in. And it's pulling your elbows in very, very aggressively. Okay, so it's already working on that weak point I needed to do. Now... I used a Super Katana after the Arnold. At the Arnold, I didn't have the performance I wanted. It was a 683 bench. Um, Granted, I was wearing a real beat-down old uh, SDP, and I should have changed that out after second attempt, but um, I did not, and it was pretty shot to shit. So you factored that. In fact, I I used a different shirt four weeks later, but I started training with Rich's Bench Freak Band um, with a two-, three-week prep. It was actually four weeks, but in the shirt stuff, two-, three-week prep to get ready for another meet in my super katana i got adjusted all this stuff so i train with the bench freak band i love what it's doing for me it's pulling me in keeping me close i i get into the super katana i can feel a huge difference i can actually feel where i'm catching tricep tension by tucking down to my belly um and i i really attribute a lot of that to the bench freak band being able to train with this versus the titan magnum ram you'll feel the difference. Big big difference. Feels like a shirt. You can train a shirt of groove, uh, with without you know getting super beat up like you would in a regular shirt. I had from that meet. I went from that 683 at the Arnold to hitting 730, uh, and it felt pretty good in the super katana. And it felt, I tell you tech, technical wise, it felt everything felt spot on in terms of what I was doing, getting down to the chest. Could have had some better throwbacks, but got all three lifts and. It, it just felt really good, and I really attribute some of the, the Bench Freak Band helping me out with that big time. Um, but this is a total game changer because now I can work that shirt of like I said without getting beat up. And the best part, meet next week, next week, and I still have cuts on my tricep from that that super katana. Next week I go into another unsanctioned meet, throw on the Bench Freak Band, first time doing a three the three setting. All right, so all three layers. Took like two guys to push my arm out on the on the bench, to grab that bar. Bench 750. All right, and I felt like it smoked it too. I mean, it's heavy as shit, but it came up. All right, and I uh, smoked 700. So I'm handling weights that is like my max in the shirt. All right, and you handle more weight in this bench freak band than you do in a shirt. And you don't get beat to shit. Which is really, really nice. I'm not feeling... I felt like good to go. Monday morning comes around, I was good to go. Alright, whereas if you're in a bench shirt, you're cut to shit. You're bleeding out your arm. You're, you're in a bad spot. Alright. You feel like a badass, but you're beat up. Okay. Bench freak band, not so much. You're training that groove. Um, and you're not beat the shit. Which is awesome. So bar none i think this is one of the, the best things out there right now all right um what do we have we have a, a question on a comment on the bench daddy
1: yeah he has uh so the silverback has a bench daddy that is black and it's a figure eight however he has a limited i don't know if it's a prototype one but it's not being sold
0: okay so yeah you could, i know there is yeah. a few different versions out there um I don't know. He's having a really hard time uh, meeting the demand right now, Um, which is a problem you don't want to have. And I think Rich is doing it the right way here, where he wants to make sure he can meet the demand before he, because he wants to make a shirt um, in the works. And I'm really, I wanna, I wanna get a tent and I wanna pitch it up in front of his house. And once that shirt's (laughs) made, I'm coming out first customer, cash in hand. All right, that's my plan. But uh he wants to make a shirt out of it but he wants to do it right where he can meet the demand of of people and have you know that stuff ready to go um because i think Mike got in a little bit of a a tussle there like i i wanted a shirt i asked for a shirt like four weeks before the armless we're talking february um i didn't order one but I, i wanted one but um nothing nothing really in the works for for me to grab one of those i've i've heard people that waited uh months and months and years in fact for their bench daddy stuff so um just when you, you factor that that unreliability factor of, if, if that thing's going to get to you um you know it makes you nervous makes a, a consumer nervous to to get something like that but um the bench freak band i know right away um rich gets them out so that i really like uh, the customer service aspect of it getting that shit out quick once you order it i respect that um but I understand, you know, when you when you making these things too, it's it's tough. A lot of like the shirts, you got like a three four month turnaround to get that thing uh, made and get that out to you and whatnot. Like um, you know, overkill's back and making shirts, and I know that's like a kind of a long process. Once you order a shirt, it could be like four months before you get it. Um, it's understandable because a lot goes into that. But um, this, by bar none, Bench Freak Band. I don't, I don't get an endorsement for, for saying these nice things about it. I just think it's one of those devices that uh, is going to help you, especially if you're an equipped lifter. Uh, it's just something that you need. I think it's going to help you a ton. It'll help you with your bottom positioning, handling of the weights, um, and it's not going to beat you up like a shirt is. So I could literally train in this bench freak band for a meet and just get in a shirt for the purpose of breaking it in for the meet. And I can do all my training in this Bench Freak Band. I live more weight in it, just about. So uh, it's a really fantastic tool. And uh, I was talking about the Bench Daddy, like shipping times. You're not so sure with that stuff about if you order it, when you're going to get it in and all that stuff. Um, Rich does a really good job of making sure you get your, your band when you order it. But um, I think it's one of the best things out there. and it, As a raw lifter, I don't think you really need this too much. You get a good overload if you're handling a lot of weight, but a raw lifter I think better off sticking with like a blue slingshot. I get some light overload. Don't need anything crazy, but that's why I love being a quip lifter because you get all these tools in your toy box. It's like shopping at Toys R Us, trying out of business. <laughs> Not the greatest example, but um, you got this. You got all the tools at your disposal. It's literally a game of whatever you can wear, um to lift the most weight, which I think is awesome. And the technique behind it, it's not just, it's not quote-unquote cheating. It's just you got all this shit that's going to increase the demands of the technique because you're handling more weight. Um, but we're doing it in a more efficient manner now, a bench freak band. I can't wait till he turns that thing into a shirt. Um, but, yeah, guys, that's some of the, the main things out there right now. Um, you know, the Bench Daddy stuff, Titan stuff, bench freak band, all things that I've used. Uh, slingshots, everyone knows about slingshots, and of course, we got a lot of knockoff products. Um, I know Metal's got that catapult, I've never used it, I think it's very closely related to the black slingshot. Looks like the same thing, so that's what's out there, guys. You have any questions? Um, feel free, to shoot me an email, Ben at com. And um, I tell you, you're shirted for Lifter and you're getting into it for the first time, you want to transition because I know a lot of lifters their interest is peaking in terms of getting into equipment i tell you um the bench freak man now this thing uh is gonna be something you're gonna want to get because you're gonna learn a good shirt groove and um you're not gonna get beat ups. so you're not gonna get the discomfort that you would normally would from the shirt where it's cutting into you and you're like what the hell i can't touch anything this is bullshit You're going to be able to touch weight easily, and you're going to be able to groove it just like a shirt. Okay, so it's a great stepping stone. And once he turns this into a shirt, has the the ability to do that, um, it's going to be something to watch out for. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. You've been up. Let's do the Benchcast. Appreciate everyone jumped into the IG live. Thanks for posting up your comments the next time we uh, do the podcast. uh, Make sure you jump on the IG Wednesday mornings and uh, look forward to interacting with you.
1: Later.